0: A real concern that people have is I want to be myself, and I totally get that. They can feel at first when you're changing the way that you greet people or the way that you talk about your story. It's like, no, that's not me. That's not who I am. And what I try to encourage people to do is to recognize that the habits that you picked up from your parents or in middle school about how you approach strangers – they're not the core of who you are. In fact, you're not getting the chance to show the core of who you are because those get in the way of it. So Mm, it might feel feel strange, it might feel uncomfortable. Try some of these new habits on. I think you'll find that like clothes, they don't define you. You can change them and then have the opportunity to connect more deeply with people and, and actually show them who you are.
1: Yo, what's good, everybody? This is Hafiz, and welcome to another episode of the show, guys. I'm so glad that you are here. And today, I'm really excited about our new roommate because this is another individual who I've been watching their content for quite a long time. Their messages are so inspirational, educational, motivational, and man, I am super honored to bring him onto the show. So without further ado, please, guys,
0: welcome to the podcast, the one and only Charlie Hooper. What up, Charlie? yo man that was amazing that was uh that was quite impressive that uh energy that you brought there that was no problem no problem
1: yeah you know so it's like i always tell people before we record we're like yeah you ready to record yeah i'm ready to go it is what it is yeah, ready three two
0: one hey um, what's good everybody it's on feed let's get to work you know, that's like, great <laughs> i know that life man that is the youtuber life What's up, something everybody pretty zany over here <laughs> yeah, I-, I feel you so,
1: Charlie, is it? Uh, do you go by Charlie? Charles, what, what do you go by nowadays? Charlie. Charlie's good. Charlie, cool. Okay, I didn't know if you were in one of those phases in life where you're like, I'm, I'm a man. I'm Charles now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's time for me to grow up and become a Chuck. <laughs> no, whatever you like, man. I'm, I'm cool with anything. Man. Awesome, awesome.
1: So, Charlie, for those who don't know who you are, can you give us a bit of an elevator pitch synopsis about who you are, what you do, and all that good stuff?
0: Yes. Uh, so, my name is Charlie Hooper. I run Charisma on Command with my best friend and co-founder who's in the other room right now. And uh, it's a channel to help people master their social skills, become more confident and charismatic. So that was why I was so impressed with your with you jumping right into that intro. That was charisma on command.
1: Oh uh, wow! But- Look, hey,
0: hey, from Charlie himself <laughs> that's the man. You made my day by saying yeah, that. that. That was great. It was great. Um, but what it started because I was very shy in high school, and I assumed that that was a way that you know your personality was sort of fixed. And I think that's a lot. That's how high school kids often feel. But uh, over time, that became particularly a thorn in my side because it made dating very hard. So that was the initial impetus for me to learn to become more outgoing and confident and charismatic. And then as my dating life started to change, I saw things spill over with my friendships and my working life and my general sense of confidence and self-esteem to sort of accomplish any of the goals that I had in my life. So that became the focus of my life was developing the skill of improving and uh, starting new relationships essentially with, with all different kinds of people. And that then evolved into if this is the most helpful thing for me, I want to teach other other people what I've learned because it was the most impactful thing in my life. And then we had this YouTube channel. We break down some of the most famous celebrities and brings us here today to to now get the chance to chat with you. No, uh, that's awesome, man. It sounds like every superhero story. It begins with a girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. It is. It is. You know, I think. uh I am, I'm happy to be sort of done with that, that motivation in my, in my <laughs> life as being a primary thing, but it really yeah. is whatever, whatever you can tap into. If you're out there and you're a younger guy, sometimes people ask me, I feel like I should be motivated by giving back or my purpose. And I think yeah. that that's wonderful, but start with where you are. Sometimes it's just, I want to get this girl to like me. She likes guys that are confident and that's, that put me on the path. So I'm very grateful for that. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. So how old were you when you started the channel? When I started the channel, I was 25, I believe, Uh-oh. but I started the business around uh, 24. It took a little while okay. to figure out that YouTube was the right place to be.
1: Okay, cool, cool. So I want to, I want to know. So Charlie, 17 year old, junior, senior year. What is that guy like?
0: Uh, nerdy, smart. Uh, all in, AP classes. Yeah, taking <laughs> those, taking all those those honors classes. A uh, lot of. A lot of hidden pride in the fact that I was getting good grades without working hard. I, I looked down on hard work. I thought everything was supposed to come easy, which is one of the reasons that I didn't focus on the areas of my life where I felt deficient
1: yeah.
0: uh, and really just yearning for this one particular girl that uh, yeah. didn't didn't really get too much Uh happening there spent spent a lot of time near her but not a lot of time uh, actually was she a friend
1: her. or was she in like a friendship circle was she in your classes what she, was was the, what in, was
0: the she was in the friend group and okay. i thought she was super pretty and smart and uh, really wanted to be around her first thing that i thought of in the morning it's funny to think of how <laughs> how all-consuming it was uh young love is is very intense but yeah. we never wound up having any sort of uh i think we kissed once and it was my uh, one of my first kisses and i, I hey hey
1: that's a that's <laughs> a that's a big accomplishment i'm not gonna it, lie that's a to go from child nerdy guy <laughs> with a childhood crush to getting a
0: kiss hey man you're in the hall of fame in a lot of guys books oh yeah uh, it unfortunately it resulted in i was i was in the car i was driving uh, i had just dropped her off at home after a night with her friends and was so nervous because for a year i'd been you know waiting for this moment that I didn't put the car in park when I leaned over to kiss her, and I wound oh, up head butting her in the nose, and then she ran out of the car. So I count no, that as a kiss. No, you didn't, no. <laughs> <laughs> man. What is, bro? You
1: got to write this. You have a book on the way.
0: Like it's such a great story so far. Oh yeah, the trials and tribulations uh, <laughs> of of young Charlie. But you know, it was it was those sorts of frustrating situations, and then not knowing how to handle it afterward, and feeling like I blew the moment that. That that did spark me to to care about all this stuff in the, the, the obsessive way that I did for so many years. Okay, and so what was that junior or senior year? That was I suppose I was driving, so it was probably end of junior, maybe junior year, summer into senior. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And um, did you go to college? I did. I went to college. Uh, when I graduated high school, I won the award for most likely to break out of a shell in college. So they had those oh, wow. senior superlatives. Yeah. You know, most likely to be president. Mine was most likely to be less shy. And I actually didn't. I didn't. When I went to college, I, I still was uh, rather reserved in my shell and only had a handful of friends on the hall. And it wasn't until I had the opportunity to study abroad that okay. I went to Costa Rica and had a chance to reinvent myself. Nobody knew that I was shy and I, and I made a commitment to myself to pretend for a while to be far more confident and outgoing than I was. And it was mm. a period of fake until you make it for me. But it was oh, wow. one of the most rapid growth periods of my life because I didn't have anyone in my life expecting me to be a certain way. They all kind of took it at face value when they saw this American chatting everybody up that 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 was who I was. And it was a far cry from from who I'd left the United States as. And how old were you at that time? I suppose I was probably 20 years old at that okay, point. Um, cool. That was where, it, where that was where it started for me was Going to Costa Rica, and you know, it wasn't even about necessarily women. It was I would be lost in the town, and rather than refer to a map or or having gotten directions beforehand, I would make it my job to get to where I was going by asking locals, and starting espanol? up a conversation. un poquito de español. it's been a while. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So. You
1: get back to the States, you've been, you know, a new Charlie, outgoing, gregarious, all that good stuff. What was it like now going back to your dorm room, your college, where people have the same perception for you? What was
0: was that next process? You know, I think a lot of people deal with this. It wasn't well received by my closest college friends. They wanted the me that hung out with them in the room playing video games on Friday night. How long were you abroad for? I was just abroad. Well, I went abroad for a full year, actually. Um, okay. I, I, so, it, yeah. Okay. So I had I had a, a lot of time and the people that knew me well remembered me and expected a certain way. Mm. Um, so, and, and, you know, no, no blame there, but I, there was, we had, our values had grown apart. So it was tougher mm. to be friends with those people and other groups that didn't know me as well were much more receptive. And I think that's one of the challenges is that the people that know and care about you the most sometimes, their own fears of you changing and growing apart from them can get in the way of their support of, of positive developments in your life. So that was, that was uh, a bit difficult when I came back was I felt different and these people did not necessarily respond well to it. Yeah.
1: Now there's this, there's this verse in the Bible that says a prophet is with honor everywhere except in his hometown. So So it's this general idea, like you said, for a lot of different individuals, like what happens, it's kind of like the mom effect, right? Once a, your mom changes your diapers and feeds you, you are forever her baby. You know, you yeah. can be 70 year old, but you're, she kind of has you in that mindset. So I understand that a hundred percent that a lot of times our friends, especially from high school or young adult years, they, they, they view us as, oh, Charlie from 17, Charlie from 15, Charlie from 19. That is who they expect you to be. And a lot of times I see a lot of individuals struggling from changing that pre, preconception from their friendship circles.
0: Yeah. Now it was uh, a real blessing to get the opportunity and I tell people they ask how do I do it I'm in this town and uh, those hard resets in life when you first go to college if you go abroad when you leave college you enter the working world those to me have been the most conducive environment for radical changes because you mm-hmm. don't have that the same weight of all of the expectations of everybody around you really resisting uh, and so when I say find one of those opportunities in your life or create it because it's really hard to change against your environment and what was your major in college I was philosophy major. I, okay, cool. uh, I, interesting. I've, yeah, I've always been interested in the big questions. Uh, okay, you know, why sweet. are we here? What's the right thing to do? And so yeah, that that, that sort dope. of informed my studies. Yeah. So, graduate college. Where are you working at? I got out of college, and I uh, as a philosophy major, I was right there for the economic crash, oh, and man. Uh, nobody was nobody was hiring philosophy majors. <laughs> so <laughs> I uh, I hit out in business school. There was a one year business degree that I took at the University of Virginia and after that came out and got a job as a consultant i think a lot of people again here you know they don't know what they want to do with their life and they, the job of consultants like this is perfect for you you're gonna get to mm-hmm. see everything you're gonna it's gonna be great you don't need to know what you want you're gonna get broad exposure uh that has not been my experience of mm-hmm. consulting it's rather you do with microsoft excel and you're you're writing emails and it's uh wasn't the broad look at the world and business that i had been sold and so mm-hmm. while a lot of the people were actually very kind and and took good care of me. I was not fulfilled by the work. Uh, And I don't know that I would have been fulfilled by any sort of typical office job. So for a year and a half, I was a consultant. But on the side, I was hopefully positively beating myself up. I was going, this is this does not feel authentic. Every time I got in there and pretended to care about the things that we talked about in the meetings, it felt like I was lying to Mm -hmm. myself. And the book Six Pillars of Self-Esteem really motivated me. I don't know if you've read it, but it's no, I got a section. I'm sure you're familiar with the idea of uh, living in integrity and, yeah. and how that makes you feel on the inside. And as I read that book, it became very clear to me that I was not living a life, at least in my working life, in accordance with what I valued in the world. Okay. It, I was you know, doing what was getting me ahead and getting me paid. And I wasn't doing the things that I truly thought the world needed or that I needed in order to grow. Um, okay. And so, after a year and a half, was when I left that job and started the business that would become Charisma on Command. Cool, cool, cool. So, was the business initially brick and mortar? Was it like
1: consultations? What was the initial business model?
0: So, the initial business model, and it was the, the thing that people asked me that knew me. It started just friends were asking like, uh, "What did you say to that girl? <laughs> you know, how did that how did that go well? I've known you my whole life, and I've never seen you, uh, you get a date or somebody respond that positively to you." So it it started as friends asking questions and me thinking through what I'd learned in my time abroad and and, and having come back to the United States, what I was doing. And it started with first class we ever did was we said, you know what? We're gonna rent out this tiny little room and we will invite people uh, off of Reddit to come attend for ten dollars we gave away the half a lovely the seats. group of people yeah. <laughs> so ten people off of reddit uh off yeah. of the new york subreddit came out and it was uh how to talk to girls in the park it was a uh, it was you know more pickupy which was which was in vogue in the day but of we, course we tried Just to the mystery error yes yes and and hopefully i think we did from a very early uh from very early on we didn't like the fact that so much of it was predicated on lying like w- one of the things that was popular back in the day was you'd walk up to a girl and say there was a fight outside did you see oh, it? Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, there's yeah. no fight outside yeah, so yeah. very early on <laughs> i was <laughs> why, why, why do we have to say there was a fight outside um did you watch try, the show i, I eventually got, i did i didn't see it live but i saw it later and okay. and uh i think that guy is he was what a brilliant analyst, but uh, some of the things I found ethically, I, I just didn't want yeah. to do. I didn't feel that it was necessary. But what yeah. we were able to pick up on is, oh, most guys start conversations by saying, where are you from? And that's really boring. Is, yeah. <laughs> is there a way that is that is not a lie that taps into that engaging hook of did you see the fight outside? And so that yeah. was <laughs> kind of how we we uh, started our little riff on it. And it, was, it started in the pickup world, but very quickly – became evident that a lot of the guys that we most like spending time with were not interested just in that. That was a part of their life, but they also wanted to uh, impress their boss at the tech startup that they were at. They wanted to be a leader in their group of friends. They wanted to be someone that was admired and respected by their peers. And so we pivoted away from just, oh, we're going to talk to people about, you know, what to say to her in that situation to how does this become something that permeates through your life? How does this confidence Become something that you take to the boardroom, to the bar, wherever it is that you are in that particular moment. And so that was the genesis of sort of Charisma on Command. And then you started, so that was 24, if I'm not mistaken. And then you said you started a channel at 25? Yeah. So at that point, Four uh, Hour Work Week had been super influential. Uh, have you read Four Hour Work Week? Uh, Tim Ferriss's book? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that the idea of waking up on the beach, there's a story in there about a guy who goes to Brazil. And uh, talks to the pretty girls in Florianopolis and makes a calendar and sells the calendar and makes millions of dollars and lives in the beaches of Brazil as this mini celebrity. So we actually went to his town and tracked him down. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, yeah. So we talked to him. Um, and that was where we started off. We never, we didn't form any sort of lasting relationship. But I fell in love with Brazil while I was there. So we left our business behind in New York City, holding in mind that the idea was not ever to teach guys to get girls, The idea was to live a life on our own terms, do the things that we wanted to do when we wanted to do it and feel like we were doing work that was meaningful to us. So we, we left yeah. that, moved to Brazil, and the entire business then shifted to online. Um, so so for, this is you and your, your, your business partner? Me, I, I was evangelical at the time. So it was me, my business partner, my brother, who I convinced to come. Uh, a guy, the guy that came to our first class, I mentioned there were 10 guys. One of them just stuck around, became buds. I convinced, well, we convinced him to come with us uh another guy that we'd met at another like how do you, you know talking to girls we so yeah. we convinced six six people to come live with us and then four more came so there was this small wow. group of gringos in rio yeah that's uh, crazy and it was, so it good
1: time the, the the business partner is
0: this someone that you met in high school and college how'd you meet this guy he was my he was my best friend from high school. Uh, oh we'd wow, be, that's we'd dope. been Yeah, so he was the one that uh, was always the sounding board for for one another. When when something would happen, whether it was in Costa Rica or back in D.C., and you know the bo- I had a difficult experience with the boss. I didn't know what to do. I got in trouble and I handled it poorly. I would immediately call him and we would talk okay, through cool. what happened. What did you do wrong? Like you know, how come you didn't handle it in a way that strengthened your relationship, but you instead shirked away from responsibility and made him yeah. more angry at you. Um, okay. so he was always the guy. So we, we were very much in the same wavelength and he, he and I formed, uh, sort of the core of the idea to, to do these sorts of things.
1: Okay, cool. So you basically, your friend, best friend was somebody who
0: you could talk to when of your closest friends, you guys went to school, college together as well. No, we didn't. Um, okay. he, we went to separate colleges and, uh. I, I was just really blessed to have someone that was on the same path. No, that's like a, awesome. Again, a, a lot of people have, you know, it's so lonely to do alone, And I was just yeah. very, very lucky to have someone. So, How are you guys making money? Like, how are you paying for everything? Like, what were you guys doing for a job in Brazil? Like, yeah. You... So, uh, for a while, I, I when I got there, I, I had to Airbnb my bedroom and sleep on the ground, the couch at depending on the night. <laughs> because oh, wow. The majority of the money was coming from that. We had a successful, profitable business that was paying for things in New York. But one of the things that I've advised people to do is to keep in mind the end goal. And the end goal was never make a lot of money. It was always have freedom. And I felt those sort of uh, the golden handcuffs. Hey, things are working. Stay here. Keep, keep, keep trugging away. And we made the decision to move to Brazil to leave all of our in-person clients behind. So we started from no income. And had to rebuild a business that was centered around internet stuff. So we did online coaching, which started at zero. And we would slowly build up clients who followed our blog and later our YouTube channel. Uh, but I also taught SAT tutoring to wealthy Brazilian kids. I I Airbnb'd for quite a bit of money. The World Cup was coming up. I gave away my room for the entire thing <laughs> and just mm-hmm. said, okay, this is going to be the biggest payday of my life. Um, so that first year. And then I took out my my retirement fund and I took the tax penalty to take it out. But- that first year, we only made 20 some thousand dollars each, but wow. learned a lot of those beginner entrepreneurial skills and quite frankly, yeah. had an amazing time. Like I've never felt I don't I, I almost have never felt that wealthy in my life. It, it felt magical to be to have that amount of freedom. Uh, and it was it was really special. That's awesome. And so what year did the YouTube when was like that first moment where the YouTube channel blew up? Like, what was that first moment for you? Yeah, so we traveled, we were in Colombia, in Medellin at the time, and we, the first video that ever blew up was actually one of Bill Clinton's eye contact. So I was Mm. making blog posts, and as a supplement to one of the blog posts, I said, I'm just going to make this video that shows what I've been talking about. This was so dumb of me. It didn't occur to me that people would want to see the things I was typing about. (laughs) (laughs) But I put it up, forgot about it, and checked it many months later, it had 100,000 views, which was far more than our blog had ever gotten. Wow. So... In realizing that, I came back and started to just make YouTube videos once a week. That was my 2016 resolution was for a full year, once a week, I will make a YouTube videos. And the ones that clicked the most were not where I was on camera, but where I talked about famous people. One of the first ones that got really big was Conor McGregor, uh, talking about how he was so confident. Why is he so confident? What is he doing? How is it conveyed? And early on as well, Donald Trump, uh, early in the, the Trump campaign people were questioning why are people listening to this guy what is going on with him and I was curious too so I watched a lot of his campaigning a lot of his put downs a lot of his insults a lot of the jokes that he was cracking and made a video about it that people uh really liked because I because there wasn't a good explanation for what was happening why is he having so much success when to so many he seems uh not like a serious candidate yeah okay so that was were you like twenty at that time at that point, no. So, at this point, I'm 26-ish, you know. And okay. so And then 26, 27. And then from there, we've we've moved all over the place. We lived in Vegas and in, in um, Vancouver. We were chasing summer, just bouncing back and forth. It was, you know, super fun. Six months here, six months on. So, on was this the, the,
1: the whole squad? Did, did people stay? Was it like, <laughs> who was all moving with you all We times? We
0: had, a, you know, it was a rotating cast of characters. Some of yeah. the squad would come. Some would dip off. They'd start their own businesses. Some went back to do things with... Tech in New York. Some some hopped in, um and so I'm oh, sorry, real quick. So when you are saying the first year,
1: everyone got twenty thousand. All ten people got twenty thousand. Oh, no or no, you no, your no, no.
0: So, yes, yeah, so this, this was a group of friends who each had their own business with each other. Okay, my cool. That's, partner, that's what I was – I was, yeah. I was pretty, I like, okay, that makes a lot more sense. Cool. Yeah. It, so was, basically, it was like $29,000 was what I think I, I made that first year.
1: Okay, cool, cool, cool. And then so eventually got to a point, 2016, 2017, where it was like, oh, this, now this is starting to take off.
0: Exactly. We could afford yeah. rent in the United States of America, which for a while was, was not happening. Uh, and yeah. I didn't have to Airbnb my bedroom, which was nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what would you say
1: was the moment in which you realized that like what you were doing was impacting people in the masses? Like before it was just maybe, you know, a couple thousand people on a blog post or in videos. When were you like, what was the number? What was the video? What was the moment that you like? Yo, like people are really gravitating
0: to what I'm doing. Hmm. You know, it was almost when the really negative comments started coming cuz then I'm going mm. oh these aren't my friends and family <laughs> these are people that don't know me that yeah. are commenting on this but it it really did happen fast so it was it was those first videos I think about Conor McGregor Donald Trump and I was flattered to be taken so seriously that people took the time to disagree you know took yeah. took the took the time to say I, I this is wrong or that could never work or whatever i was like oh my gosh we're we're officially touching people that have nothing to do with me. And that yeah. wasn't always the case. It was, it, we were, but they, they were, you know, they, they met me in person and, and were therefore polite <laughs> or yeah. something like that. Yeah. 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 Um, so that, that was cool. And then it, it, it did go very exponential at the beginning. We were fortunate with our YouTube journey to not toil too much, though we did make a bunch of bum videos where I was sitting on the beach in Brazil talking and nobody, nobody cared about those. I didn't have <laughs> a body for it. So, so like, what was the, did it
1: like, like what was the jump from like year one year two year three what do you remember that
0: kind of it uh year one to year two about doubled year two to year three it went like it went so roughly like thirty to fifty to one fifty to two fifty i don't I don't remember the exact numbers yeah yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. we were approximately doubling for a while yeah. um and this is this is um take home to me so there was it split between my business partner and I and of course yeah, you yeah. have employees and expenses but this was this was the number that I got to spend well. Prior to taxes, yeah, um, but yeah, and then and then it did hit. I, I stopped tracking at that point. I, I noticed for me that my the the number of roughly around which my happiness was no longer increased by the amount of money that I made was probably around year three ish, about one fifty was where I was like, oh, as I add more to this, yeah, I don't get happier. So uh, I'm happy to do stuff for the business. I'm happy to try to grow it for other reasons, but, uh, that, that all became less important to me because it just wasn't impacting my subjective quality of life. No, nah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Now is this, this is, a, this is a really interesting journey. It's like the,
1: the, uh, cyber Peter Parker journey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now, th- This is, this is good because I, I think what I feel like you tapped into that a lot of individuals tap into as well is that there is this there's this ethos of that resonates with so many young men because so many young men and women as well who are struggling with understanding the basics of communication, of interaction, of charisma, of, you know, co- all these things you talk about on your channel. And in the moment you tap into this ethos, you, your message literally resonates with so many people across the globe. And, and, and I can, and that's why it makes sense. There was so much exponential growth because I mean, these were things that some people think are, you know, pretty rudimentary, but for a lot of people, your videos are life-changing.
0: Yeah. And you know, I, it's, it's a good point that you make. My, my dad was a very charismatic guy, but I just didn't pick it up. I didn't get it. It didn't, it didn't transfer to me. And so for a lot of people, you think it's something you have, or you don't, you, you, you've got it or not. And to acquire it and really the ability to turn it on. You you did it at the beginning of this. You know, we're hanging out talking and you're able then to be super engaging and speak to an audience without stumbling or stuttering. That is not something that I was born with. That is something that I've had to acquire. And I imagine that you're probably in the same bucket. I find that the people that work the hardest on their businesses are not the people that- I was nasty. I was nasty charismatic. (laughs) You had it it from the jump. You're like, what's up, everybody? Here we go. It's a school assembly. I'm your president. (laughs) (laughs)
1: No, that's, that's good. And I, and I agree with you. And I, and I love, and I love that message because I think for so many people who, especially who have a fixed mindset, they see themselves as, Oh, I'm shy. I'm X. I'm Y. I'm Z, whatever it is that they are. And they want to be something else that's productive, that's positive, that may be healthier for themselves. But mm-hmm. there's this mindset where like, oh, so-and-so is, they, or is naturally like this. Either you have it or you don't. But And I think yeah. your message is powerful for anybody who's, like, who's in a situation in life who feels as though I'm stuck here. That with hard work, with determination, with actually putting in the energy and effort, you can transform your life into what will make you most happy and become the healthiest.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, a real concern that people have is I want to be myself. And I totally get that. They can yeah. feel at first when you're changing the way that you greet people or the way that you talk about your story. It's like, no, that's not me, that's not who I am. And what I try to encourage people to do is to recognize that the habits that you picked up from your parents or in middle school about how you approach strangers they're not the core of who you are. In yeah. fact, you're not getting the chance to show the core of who you are because those get in the way of it. So mm, it really might feel, good. it might feel strange. might feel uncomfortable. Try some of these new habits on. I think you'll find that like clothes, they don't define you. You can change them and then have the opportunity to connect more deeply with people and, and actually show them who you are, which is, no, that's, that's which so is good, huge. bro. That's so good because I think that's when
1: I did a video, and I was talking to young men about, about the same idea because there's this concept that people say is like, well, be yourself. Mm-hmm. And then the question I ask is like, what is self? Is self the individual you were at three? Is mm-hmm. self the individual you were at at 13, 23, 33? Who is self? And, 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 and in my opinion, I'm curious to how you, how you understand this. In my opinion, self is who you choose to be. And so I really I truly believe that if an individual is let's say somebody is shy and he say you know what I want to be more outgoing you can choose to be outgoing you don't have to be self while there is certain tendencies and behaviors and patterns when you're younger that might you know follow you into adulthood that might be di- more difficult to change I truly believe that you can be the best version of yourself and simply being fixed on who you are at whatever period of life it is, is not who self is. And the last thing in regards to that, because to me, what will always happen is like, if you're a guy in your thirties and you ever run into old high school friends, and they'll be like, oh, you, you're changed. You're not the mm-hmm. same person I used to. I'm like, well, you met me at 13. <laughs> like <laughs> like that wasn't the fullness of my personality. You know, the flower didn't fully bloom, right? Mm-hmm. And so to me, I really view that, uh, unfortunately, a fixed mindset when people say, well, this is how I am. No, you can choose who you want to be and you can actually improve your life to whatever you desire.
0: Yeah. No, I I... I very much agree. I, for a long time, my Facebook background, when that was a cool thing to have, was "Choose Yourself." It was, it was uh, something that was very important. As as I've gotten older, I think I hold that in mind as well, and and also recognize that any of your particular behaviors also don't define who you are. I th- I think that there is probably a spark in essence in in all of us that is uh, independent of the personality that we display or our yeah. behaviors at any given time, and so. I what I'd say similar to what you do is choose how you're going to represent yourself. Put the best version of your social self forward in order to form deeper connections with people and hopefully really get the chance to to connect on those deeper levels that are that are much more satisfying than when you're, you know, it's fun to crack jokes and be banter and have good friends like that, but it's also really satisfying to feel like you can let some of that down in moments of uh, quietness with someone that you're close to as well. So I think that both are possible. There's There can be a transformational, powerful, exciting, outgoing, enthusiastic self. And also there's there's like that inner core of you that that the people who know you the best and love you hopefully get a chance to see. No, that's awesome. So what would you
1: say is the most common question that you get asked consistently throughout you, um, your YouTube process? So regarding charisma or regarding how we did the YouTube thing? Um, regarding the charisma, I mean, just like what is a question that like when yeah. dudes are DMing you, emailing you, that you're like, bro, this is what they ask me almost every single time.
0: Yeah. So at the beginning, there was a lot of "How do I get my girlfriend back?" <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was a big one, and and that's that's a long and complicated answer. Uh, other popular ones, I think I think a lot of them. Uh, the the misconception in the question is that they would describe a situation that they were experiencing in their life and presume that it was that I would somehow give them different advice. Based on the particularities of their situation. Mm, and it's, okay. you know, well, no, it's, this is different because this is a girl that I've known for a long time. Or this yeah. is different because like, I can't with this person. And the limiting belief is that like, look, I've, I've given a lot of the advice on how to say hello, on how to represent yourself confidently on what you might say. And a lot of the things that you think make this not apply to you are limiting beliefs in your head that are holding you back from trying on advice that you find scary. Cause the advice oftentimes is suck it up, deal with it. <laughs> You <laughs> know, not not yeah. in a, not in a mean way, but uh, find the courage to say the extra sentence. Find the courage to uh, approach this particular individual at at the networking event. So a lot of it was around the start and the initial motivation required to get going. Uh, no, and that makes as, perfect sense. Yeah, uh, that that was a big one. And then I suppose regarding YouTube, you know, a lot of people want to know how you start, how you deal with failure and rejection. And the short answer to that is. Uh, Uh, it's a volume. Don't show your face. (laughs) 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 That's a big one. Don't tell anyone. Yeah. Uh, no volume. I mean, I, I, I forgot it and I mentioned it. I said, I said we grew exponentially at first, but as I reflect, I probably made 28 or 30 videos on a different channel, which just sucked and no one saw. And I have forgotten about that since, but, uh, the people that I know, I'm now 33 that started the journey and have been what I would call economically successful, they're not necessarily always the smartest. They're not necessarily always the ones in the best niche. They had a long term perseverance and a long term orientation that sometimes made them outperform people that I would say were intellectually sharper or wow. had like a better starting point. So, yeah. uh, the stick to itness, like with, with the ability to pivot within an industry, but I'm going to make this dream life of mine come true, fundamental to, to making it, to making it happen. No, that makes perfect sense. And I want to
1: go back to what you said about the limiting beliefs. because That's so powerful, powerful, because I, I similar to what you communicated, I've seen happen so far too often is that people want your sympathy vote right so for example somebody's like hey Charlie you know I'm 25 years old you know I'm staying at my mom's place you know I don't really have much motivation how can I become more charismatic right yeah yeah yeah. you might be like well first (laughs) thing that you need to do is get up and find a job well Charlie you don't understand my situation you know I'm living in this town or I'm living here like they, they they want you to be like you're right I don't understand you're <laughs> right like what my advice is all like it's, it's it's like they they want you to get to a point where there's so much sympathy that it allows them to continue to wallow mm-hmm. that's what I've seen the most so it's like they want to enlist so much sympathy so that you can reaffirm their their situation so therefore they don't have to make a change and similar to the advice you probably give a lot of these individuals is the moment you constantly push them to actually making a change in spite of the circumstance that life has given you, what you find is people will either rise to the occasion or fall back to the wayside. And I think it's something that's just so, it's such a a reoccurring thing that, Everybody, especially in the, in the modern world, they think their story is the most unique story to humanity. And I'm not going to deny there may be a guy or a woman who's watching this video whose story might be unique in that situation. But for 99.9% of individuals, you have the ability, regardless of what you're dealing with, to make a change. And I just think too many people don't want to hear that because they, they want to reaffirm why they are where they're at right now.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, I do have sympathy for that. You know, people, I, I'm, I'm lucky. I had a very strong, a lot, everything was fortunate for me. I was relatively smart. I had a friend who started the business. You know, I could, I was very lucky. And so I do hear some of these stories and go, man, this is a tougher starting point than, than I have had. Mm. But I also recognize exactly what you're saying and why I, I think has made Jordan Peterson so famous, which is, I love him, yeah, regardless of where you're starting the foundation of you getting more is going to be taking personal responsibility and yeah. saying that that I I am responsible for things becoming better. And I think that books like The Six Pillars of Self Esteem, at least for me, were really really helpful to marinate in and to cut through some of the self deception that gets in the way of taking the steps that are necessary. Uh, one of the, one of the early beliefs that I had, and I'm so lucky to have such great friends. Uh, was that I, I can't quit my job? You know, I can't. I can't leave this. I can't go out and do this. And, I, and one friend just said to me, "Why?" Mm. <laughs> he said, "Why?" <laughs> and I went, because I, you know. Then I went, and, he, and he, he just looked at me in a way that communicated exactly what he what he meant, which was, "Look, you're you're you've got parents. You're middle class. Worst case scenario, you're going to be a social pariah who sleeps on their couch. But you're not going <laughs> to starve. You're not going <laughs> to sleep outside. You're not going to yeah. be subject to the elements." And so right. many of the people, and and that isn't true for everybody in the world. I totally recognize that, but. For many of the people with the luxury of watching this kind of stuff on YouTube, they're in similar situations where they don't face death or, or sincere deprivation. What they face is social repercussions or mm. their own uh, you know, likelihood to beat themselves up if they fail and their own fears. And those are the types of things that good friends and good books hopefully <laughs> make you realize shouldn't stand in the way of you taking the steps to, to supersede them.
1: No, that's good. No, I think I think that's something in which I've I've seen far too often as well. And then going back to the point that you've communicated a, a, about the YouTube, about consistency and perseverance. You know, one of my favorite people obviously have my 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 Mount Rushmore human beings with Jordan Peterson, Gary Vee, Patrick <laughs> Bett David's on the list. And Patrick Bed david he, he talks about, you know, one of the most important things that lead to success is outlasting the competition. And similar to what you were saying in regards to the YouTube channel, like I, like I constantly let people know that life is a marathon. It's not a sprint, you know, and it's a hundred mile marathon a hundred mile ultra marathon and not a 60 yard indoor sprint. And so I think what's really interesting is that a lot of people who, who have dreams, there's many people who have dreams similar to yours who want to achieve, you know, great success in life. And those are beautiful things. But I don't think a lot of people are prepared for the longevity that's going to re- be required to achieve that journey, and that's something that I think needs to be reiterated so so much in the in the in the minds of all young adults and the older adults as well. That if you want this dream, it's there's there's not a candy land shortcut to success. It's the, the true success comes in the longevity and in the marathon, not the sprinting sure absolutely
0: and there's also you know with all of this stuff there's a nuance to it because I have yeah. seen people stick with uh, weak product market fit ideas like they're they're selling to a customer base that doesn't have any money or any interest in the product it's not it's not stick it out and stay with a crappy product it's it's commit to the process and the dream and the, and the work required to be put into it but you know yeah. unfortunately and, and I I guess fortunately this is the this is such solid, Time-tested advice that everyone has said it before, and I won't even waste too much time saying it myself. But what Naval Ravikant, the way he puts it, is that all self-improvement can be boiled down to long-term orientation, which is whatever you're focused on. If you just take the long-term view, in the short term, you'll make the right decisions. Uh, You know that compounding effect will will start to kick in because of the decisions that you make, and uh, good things happen. I do think, and I will say that for me, a lot of the success that is talked about on YouTube and in these sort of contexts is what. I consider, you know, it's outward success and it's wonderful. It's when people like you and you're making money and uh, you're helping and you're on your purpose and that's all awesome and fantastic. For me, I have found that that is uh, has been sort of the first stage of a journey. I find myself entering into a second stage of a journey and you could sort of think of it as like, this is Western orientation, focus, achieve, be recognized. Yeah, now, now you're Eastern Buddhist. I'm going, month. I'm going a little bit more inside. I'm going a yeah. little bit more present moment, and I yeah. think that uh, for me and for many, it's great to start with the Western approach. It's really yeah, nice yeah, yeah. to have all your ducks in a row. But but what yeah. has given me, uh, what has been the most interesting to me lately, is not more money, more success, more accolades, more achievement, more yeah. impact. It has been more. Presence, I suppose you could say, which is uh, a much more subtle and, for me, challenging thing to to work with.
1: Yeah, no, it's kind of the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know. So it's like you're as you begin to work your way up the ladder, now all these different issues or all these, you know, problems begin begin to be secondary. You begin to be like, okay, Mm -hmm. now these are the real things that like sustain and create happiness in life. And so, to me, I guess one of the questions that I think it would be really great for you to uh, answer is that if there was a 25-year-old guy who, you know, struggling with dating, struggling with life, struggling with, you know, stabilizing himself, who's lacking charisma, what would be the first thing that you tell would tell that man to do in order to become more charismatic, to be able to get the life and happiness that he desires?
0: Yeah. So, I mean... If he's got the money, I tell him to buy our course. <laughs> but, but but exempting sure. that, um, you know, we've got we've got the free YouTube channel, which is helpful. It can be all over the place. What I, I like to start at the beginning when it comes to charisma. This is where we start in the course, which is uh, if you, you can look at life as well as sales as kind of a funnel. There's going to be way more people that you're just meeting than you have like some deep deep conversations with. So let's start with where you're having the most exposure. That's going to be introducing yourself to people, saying hi. So fundamentally. Bring energy to the interaction from the first thing you say. And a very easy way to do that, and I I break this habit of time, but if you want to work on it, is when people ask you how you are doing, find a way to be better than good. And so most people, you know, how's it going? I'm fine. I'm, You know, things are good. What's up with you? And the interaction starts at a five. If you want to connect with people, people are attracted to positive, high energy. So if you can be fantastic or phenomenal or amazing or, you know, the type of energy that you brought when we started this that that has a gravity that sucks people in and it makes the rest of the interaction so much easier and it, re- it really does create a momentum so that that is what i often s- advocate as a starting point which is begin this interaction as a leader in terms of setting the energetic pace and yeah. and then from there we can worry about what to do when they ask you where you're from you know all telling your story in an engaging way becomes much easier when that foundational piece is in place no, that's
1: super powerful. And, and I want to go in a brief rabbit hole. So please bear with me. <laughs> I hope, I'll bring it. I'll bring it full circle. But one of the things that you said was really powerful. You, you were saying that you're at a stage in your life now in which things that human beings, especially today in the Western world, love money, success, fame, uh, admiration with all the, all these things. You're at a point in your life where it's like, okay, I've gotten that. That's cool, but there are deeper things, peace um meaning um being pre- all these things that now you're like I want to focus in on those things and by focusing in on these things I feel like my life will be so much more richer and so much more satisfactory and so one of the biggest things we talk about in the roommates is you know the concept of leveling up And a lot of people understand leveling up in one of two ways: the 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 physical leveling up and the financial one, right? Get more money, get more success, you know, become more attractive, wear nicer clothes, get the nice cars. They and they and that's what they consume themselves with. But recently on the channel, we've been trying to really hammer down to let the guys understand that leveling up emotionally. And leveling up spiritually, that is so powerful because if you're able to become your best emotional, spiritual self, that will then lead into the remaining success. So I find it so fascinating when I asked you about charisma. One of the things that you were saying was to, you know, find a way to be better than good. Mm-hmm. And to me, the bet, instead of just communicating that you're better than good, actually being e- better than good. Sure. So work on yourself emotionally and spiritually so that you actually do feel amazing. You actually do feel phenomenal. You actually, you know, do feel whatever other word you want to throw in there. And so I really believe that's, that's such a powerful thing because I feel like so many guys are coming to your content and, and content such as mine from a place of, you know, limited beliefs or, 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 or shortage or, you know, different things like that. And, and they're, and they're coming empty. And so they look for the shortcuts to be able to get their destination, but not knowing that actually filling yourself up and becoming a full whole person, that's really what's missing out. And then the rest of the stuff, the charisma, the success to what varying degrees, obvious because results will vary. All those things come latter, but I feel like so much of the content, especially online, is built to just
0: getting the facade instead of building the depth of the inward person. Absolutely, absolutely. And this is, I think, you know, If I could hand myself and other people one thing, it would be inner peace. Like that, that would be the thing. But the journey there, I do think starts with, what's the first question people have about fitness? How do I get a six pack? That's, -hmm. that's not the question that gets you the six pack. The question that gets you the six pack is, what do I need to eat every single day? That's not necessarily going to be very fun. So it's, it's totally, uh, you know, normal and natural for those first questions to want shortcuts and the deepest answers are about fundamental changes so yes i the shortcut is say that you're better than good it's be it's say that you're fantastic the way that's going to communicate it in the most power that's going to be most consistent for you is to transform your life so that you have the habits people uh and you know mental models that make you feel fantastic most of the time which is which is a large large piece it's a large nugget to swallow at first so what we start with you know psych yourself up a bit say that you're fantastic find something that you appreciate that you can lean into in that moment but absolutely long term yeah, it's, it's building the life that, that supports all of these things. Cause really when you look at what charisma or being attractive is, if you're just aping and copying the words that charismatic people say, you can go so far and you'll fool people. But the things that charismatic people are say are really just code for the things that happy, successful, connected people say. And so we don't want to copy them too much. We want to copy just a little bit at the beginning, but then really tap into the, uh, the being that and and the and the creating that in your life. And so uh, you know, I try to start small and then push exactly in the direction that, that you're saying, which is sometimes it requires uh, a deeper transformation to create lasting change. No, that I, I like where you're going. I like where you're going because I think a lot of times people have that
1: conversation about fake it till you make it versus yeah. wait until you make it. You know? Mm-hmm. And so there's I love the balance that you just took into it because there is this these baby steps That can be taken, you know, and before you get to the fullness of saying that you're doing amazing. So, for example, like what I do is that, you know, if I'm having a bad day, I never say I'm having a bad day. I say I'm having I'm going to have a great day. I say I'm going to have a great day, even though the reality of the matter is I am probably not having a good day. (laughs) In my opinion, by communicating what I want, even though I may not be there yet, it's pulling myself out of this mindset of expecting this is what's going on. So I think it's really good because if if you tell people, well, only say you're fantastic when you get to fantastic <laughs> yeah. for people who are definitely at the bottom, it, be, it may be more challenging versus them communicating that and actually trying to live out to where they're speaking. I think that's also really great advice as well.
0: Yeah, I, one thing that I've come to learn, and this is, you know, at the beginning of my journey, I thought that everyone had to do it my way. And I realize yeah. now that depending on where you are, the advice that i could give you could be polar opposite like yeah. like you said if you're starting at the bottom i'm likely to tell you fake it till you make it yeah yeah. yeah. And, you know say that you're better but if you've been doing it for a while and you're starting to feel that like i feel like i'm putting on a front and i'm getting the results that i want them say you know what stop faking it yeah. <laughs> tell people that you're having a bad day like lean into that a little bit more oftentimes yeah. for the big shifts in our life i found this the thing that worked in one stage the strength becomes the weakness for the next stage of your life. And so you often have to trade those out. So, you know, listening to your parents and your teachers is going to make you very successful up to about 18 years old. And then you kind of have to stop listening for a period of time in order to really carve out your path. And the same thing is occurring here. You know, start, start with some faking, some saying, some this and that. But as you develop that, now we need to lean into, and there's subtlety here, to... How do you communicate to people you're honest to God? Now I'm not doing that great in, in a way that is genuine, honest, doesn't push other people away. Now that, yeah. that's a much more subtle topic that we can that we can talk about, but it's you know not appropriate for that person who is starting at the bottom. That's not yeah. what they should do. No, this is so good. And, and I think
1: this is where because it's funny that you started your your business from in-person conversations and giving advice. As most people may or may not know, I started off as a teacher. Mm. So I was a, I was a, you know, middle school teacher, high school teacher, and I taught preschool as well. Oh, wow! And I coached middle school, and high school football. So I started off with giving information to people. So with, with giving advice to human beings, there's so much nuance. There's mm. so much perspective. There's so much, it's like, well, I would tell Jack this, but I would tell Jill that. And there's, and and there's, and there's uniquenesses to each story. And so I think what happens is when people go on YouTube and they look up channels like yours and mine, you know, some of the criticisms might be like, well, I don't, that doesn't work or that. Well, that's not true for like, duh. You know what I mean? Like we are, we are creating 10 minute videos on multi hour complex issues that philosophers have been talking about for <laughs> millennium. And we're simply trying to give it to as much general people as possible. And I think that's why it's so important that Every guy leaves learning from online to actually learning in real life. Because like you said, there is so much nuance to humanity. And I think sometimes what guys get wrong when they become these super obsessive um, self-help guys is they become very textbook, yeah. right? They become very, very rigid in which, like you were saying, like maybe step one is being really positive and encouraging But you need to have the nuance to then be able to have to express your authentic truth because then what will happen is you won't be able to create depth and interact with people who think that you're being fake all the time because you're always smiling and always happy and never expressing any kind of human emotion. So I definitely love that you brought that up because I think people need to realize, A, that we're giving Information to the masses, and there's nuance to each individual. But at the same time, that if you are individual communicating this content, you need to go out into the real world and find what are the nuances to information that you're gaining, so that you're not simply just a textbook
0: caricature of whatever content creator you're following. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, and we've said even in this, we talked uh what's important for the people who might be listening. Go, okay. So, which advice do I listen to? Is the most important thing I could say is try to locate where you are in your life. So we talked earlier about the people who reach out to me who think that they're specific and different. That's a very common trope for beginners. Beginners always think that their situation is very specific, very different, and and common general advice doesn't work. And very usually the general advice is what you need. At some point, these nuances become incredibly, incredibly important and say, oh gosh, I know you're in that situation. We need to do things a bit differently. So starting to get a a concept, and this can be tough, there's lots of ways to do it if you're curious. There's um, there's, there's models that psychologists have built of ego development, there's spiral dynamics, there's different things where you can start to locate where you are in a typical human journey to self-actualization. And you can start to see, oh, in this stage, this is a rule stage. You know what I mean. The yeah. next stage is where I break all the rules and I do things my own way. And then the stage after that is when I reconnect with people and stop being such an individualist and stops thinking that I know everything best yeah. <laughs> and start opening up to, to you know, relative perspective. Um, yeah. So it's knowing where you are recently for me as really because I've given contradictory advice and I've and I've been wrestling with how to deal with that when you're dealing with a mass audience. And I just try to say, who is this for? You know, this is for this particular avatar. This is for yeah. this particular avatar. So hopefully people don't. confused and take advice that isn't proper for for their situation yeah no no, that's that's really great
1: and i and and to me what what stands out the most in regards to what you communicated i know guys would really resonate with this especially when it comes to you know the the dating advice i feel like you know you you we all know that guys just love it (laughs) you know i mean They, they they want it they want the advice and and you see like you said that the you have the guys who don't realize the subtleties and the nuances in the advice that they they get and so the things that may have been successful when you're dealing with you know women in New York City and it's just fast yeah. short-term interactions That may not be the things that are successful if you're in, you know, Palo Alto or you're in, you know, Argentina or you're in these places and you're trying to build some depth of a person of a different culture. And so that's one of the biggest things that I've seen as well with a lot of the guys is that so many guys who exist on the Internet, especially, you know, who are struggling dating. And there's almost almost most people who consume our content, you know, they 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 really miss out on these these nuances. Right. And, and I'll never forget this one guy. He, uh, call, I I do a live show on Thursdays at 8 PM and, uh, Eastern time. And this guy called me in and he was telling me about, you know, this, this girl that was, you know, he was, he didn't know if she was into him because, you know, she only, let's say only call, like called him once a week or something like that. And I'm like, you probably read it in a book somewhere that (laughs) she should be calling you five times a day. And you're not realizing the nuance to, hey, maybe she has other things in her life. And he was like, "You're right." Like, and so I've seen so far too often is that there's just a lack of nuance that the mind, unfortunately, you know, is they unable to create, especially when it comes to understanding women, because that's free. we can write a ten mm-hmm. billion page novel, we'll only do part one, the abridged version. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, and and one thing that has been encouraging for me as I've considered the internet and comments and callers is that, uh, myself included, I actually do think that most people get most of the nuance. It's just that the top commenters and the people calling in are self-selecting to be the ones who don't get the nuance. So when I look at the views and I go at the comments, I go, oh, these aren't representative of the general population. This is – I actually do think that people – which is a good thing, are hopefully grasping a lot of the nuance. And it's only those people that, you know, they make up the top 10 comments. that are like, this would never work or you can't do that or this doesn't, you know, (laughs) that that don't get that. So that's been encouraging to me to realize, okay, I'm not making these videos for the comments. I'm not making these videos for the standout edge cases. I'm making it for the vast majority of people that seem to be getting value out of it for, by their tacit continued watching of the channel yeah. you know and, and i, I guess what commenting. i'm asking
1: you is like because I, I i agree to extent. i guess what i'm saying is for the average individual who watches your content mm-hmm. do you believe that their text like if you say okay do this in this situation do you think their textbook meaning they'll do exactly what you say or do you think That they have that ability, just the average person, the outlier, you know, below, but have the ability to realize that, okay, though there's these steps, I can now remix the steps and make it my own and and I can adjust according to the situation.
0: Do you think the average person has that skill? Well, what I'll say is that um, this is actually one of the reasons that we stopped doing as much dating. And I think it's because the audience most interested in dating is younger guys that don't have life experience. You know, yeah. those are the ones most interested. And of course, there's going to be 30, 40, 50, 60 year olds sometimes in there, but it's going to coalesce around 18 to 22. Uh, that is where that was really interesting. And those tend to be the people that uh, lack inability to add nuance from their own life experience. Mm-hmm. As we've shifted into content that that targets older people, leadership, those sorts of things. I do notice that the the average audience member is different, and that's actually one of the reasons that I didn't want to do as much dating stuff because I got frustrated by exactly what you were saying. I was like, "That's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. Come on, you've got to have some perspective on this." And I realized, oh, this is this is what happens when you talk about when when you speak to people about how to how to approach a girl for the first time. That is tends to be, and no judgment if it's not an experience that you handle earlier in life. And that means yeah. that you have less experience, which means that that nuanced stuff is lost on you. So that was why I was like, yeah, I'm going to target older. I'm yeah. going to go no, slightly that makes, older.
1: That, that, that makes absolute perfect sense. Like yeah. literally, as you were saying, I'm like, ding, like a light bulb just, <laughs> a light bulb just rung in my head because like, yo, yeah. that, is, that is really true. Because to me, you know, I, I think, man, it's such a blessing to have channels like your own And I'm always thinking about, like, the 24, 23, 22-year-old kid who has, like, nothing. Like, I had two amazing parents. I don't know your family background. You know, I have amazing friends. I have an amazing system. So I'm like, I'm always trying to think about creating content like that. And like you saying, that's usually a lot younger demographic. And that probably will make a lot of sense to why they will struggle with understanding just so much
0: of the different perspectives and nuances to applying information. And that's so important. You know, and, and uh, you were a teacher. It Every grade needs a teacher and there's nothing wrong with being in second grade. And I mean that cognitive, like if you didn't have that role model to teach you some of the basic things that we're talking about, goal setting and all that kind of stuff, and someone else did, I am so grateful that somebody else like Jordan Peterson is covering very fundamental content for a lot of yeah. people, how to set goals, stand up straight, very stuff that for me is I'm kind of bored of that. Yeah. Um, but I, but I am so appreciative of it being out there for the people that need it. I've yeah. tried to hit a level that is uh, a little bit after that in terms of people's development, which has kept yeah. me more engaged and exciting, uh, excited to interact with, with people that consume it. So that that's one thing that I've noticed is that not all self, Improvement is targeted at the same people and so people lots of people love Jordan Peterson, but it's been especially helpful to those who didn't know how to set goals who didn't know that basic stuff who aren't taking personal responsibility and that's that's, you know, square one, which is totally fine place to be.
1: Yeah, no, I love it, man. I, I, I'm a I'm a huge Jordan Peterson guy, so I kind of took a little, kind of hurt me a little bit. <laughs> I, I think I think
0: maps. If you I think if you go back to maps, if, maybe, maybe man, that's maybe. Some pretty deep stuff, man. Sure, sure. But, and I don't but, mean I don't. I'm a, I'm a, I'm just, yeah, I'm that's a, that's it. a fantastic point. I don't mean to take that guy's Yeah, entire, i I'm just
1: kidding with you. I'm entire entire body it. of
0: work because no, I started reading it. I was like, this is some dense, dense stuff. You yeah, know, like, yeah, this, yeah, is, yeah. this is this yeah. is thick. But the, the yeah. stuff that is really you know, clean up your room, the lobsters, the stuff that people have really resonated and connected with, it tends to be towards that, that largest audience of beginners. Um, though I'm sure there's CEOs that have gotten a tremendous amount of value out of him. And I know I have as well. Yeah. So in regard to personal life,
1: um, what, what would you say, what stage of life are you in? Are you experimental? Are you settling down? Are you building?
0: Are you exploring? Are you still like, what, where are you at, at this current stage of your life? I am trying to spend. I mean, it sounds cheesy. More time being. I spend a lot of my twenties accomplishing and doing and yeah. becoming something, and very focused on who who I would be later. Yeah. And right now, I'm I, the experience that I had repeatedly was of setting a goal, achieving it, feeling that dopamine spike, but on fundamentally not feeling different. Like I, I, I implicitly believed that something you know the bells would ring and then i would have made it and i would feel different for the rest of my life um jim carrey's got a great quote i wish that everybody could have fame and money and success so that they yeah. realize that those things don't fill you up i'm, I'm butchering the quote but no, I that's know what you're talking about yeah. yeah i was i was uh, again fortunate enough to to start to get those things in a fast enough thing where like i would hit a goal i wanted you know 100,000 subscribers and then a million and i would just watch my goals double triple 10x and my internal sense of well-being not transform. So I went, okay, maybe this uh, continued uh, setting the horizon, moving the goalpost farther, is not the right way. So what I've been leaning into increasingly is um, being in the present, and also I think self-reflection and reviewing the past. One of the things that self-improvement attracts is a lot of people that are future-oriented sometimes to avoid looking back. You know, mm. and that's not to say that that um, I had a wonderful upbringing in childhood, but there were things that I didn't want to confront. And in doing, uh, I've I've since done psychedelics, ayahuasca, you know, psilocybin, MDMA in a therapeutic context, It's, it's given me a much greater understanding of the foundation of my life being my family of origin, the problems that existed there, and the deep, deep desire that I have for that to be the... The center of my life like the, yeah. the people that i love most dearly and not a million fans you know like yeah. like the five people that i care about the most and then my best friend and you know add, adding that shit to it yeah. um i've wanted to move back to that core increasingly um so i, I find mean, myself going backwards and trying to stay in the present if that if that makes sense that makes sense are you are you single are you dating somebody what's what's that like I'm dating. Um, so my dating my this is this is a shift for me right now. I was in open relationships for uh Listen, man. I no (laughs) when you started talking about ayahuasca, no I thought I thought of Aubrey Marcus. This guy
1: reminds me of Aubrey Marcus. I'm hearing I'm I'm seeing that open relationship
0: line on you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Continue your story. (laughs) Oh no, I'm so cliche. Um (laughs) so yeah, I was in open relationships for uh, nearly ten years with various uh people, always above board, always honest, and uh the I have a tattooed, you know, this this focus on freedom has been just like my my bedrock. I wanted to be and sorry you off. By open, you mean both you guys are open. So it hasn't. It's I had one that was both of us were open. That was really hard, and then I started looking for one where it would be agreed upon that I would be open, but they were not okay. interested. So I've had cool. um two where they were not interested. And one where she was. And, and that was, you know, jealousy was challenging for both of us. And jealousy has always been an issue and a challenge. Of course. Of course. Um, could talk about open relationships at length, but recently, um, no longer open. Uh, and it is, it's scary and challenging. And to, to feel the shift of, uh, can't always move on to the next the next if things go bad is like oh wow that's that's a challenging inner experience for me to deal with to put my eggs in a basket and 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 tend it and cultivate (laughs) that so that's where i'm at right now um i don't know what 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 is going to happen but um that's been a big shift for me where i've started to move out of a life that was based upon absolute freedom selfishness yeah. in, 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 the most enlightened sense. Like I was being honest about it, but I was like, this is what I want. And if you're on yeah. board, let's do it to, to begin just to lean into uh, a life that is not built on absolute freedom, but is committing yeah. to whether it's having a dog or an extended relationship yeah. and, uh, uh, less selfishness, I suppose. Yeah. No, it's funny because when I, when I,
1: when I first met Aubrey, he was literally in the midst of that transition. Yeah. Um and so I like I said upon hearing your story, I was hearing traveling. <laughs> I was hearing um, you know, moving and yeah, living yeah. here and living in this country and then leaving my business. So it, it's a level of like like in a in a true hero's journey, you were you you were living the adventurous life. Mm-hmm. The adventurous life of the the traveling night. <laughs> you know what I mean? Going to, you know, conquering the towns, achieving and 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 doing all these things and 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 then when you use that word at the very beginning about being versus becoming mm-hmm. that's when i realized something something is happening in the spirit where mm-hmm. there's a there's a huge shift in regards to like you said that western definition of happiness to and what i believe is a more sustainable form of happiness which is the more eastern form of happiness and so i just i i i I literally thought (laughs) what (laughs) you described because i find so many people are in that similar situation and a similar journey and it isn't until after that mountain, after um, climbing to the top of the mountain and realizing that hey there's not much here (laughs) that's when it's a time to you know find new journeys and a lot of times the journey doesn't come from climbing another mountain but it comes maybe from for sitting in the plane and just being happy.
0: Yeah. I love the metaphor of the mountain. You know, there's a guy who wrote a book, he wrote, he called it the first and the second mountain, but whatever the met, the idea that when I get there, it's yeah, I'll have done it. And then you get there and there, it's not exactly what you thought. It's wonderful. It's great. It's cool. But it's now, now what? And I think, um, you mentioned leveling up and my thought was for a long time it was like leveling up meant, you know, double subscribers, 10 X subscribers or double money or 10 X money or double freedom or 10 X freedom and leveling up. was like, what if there was a different metric that was fundamentally yeah. not what I've been driven by before? And so that's sure. that when I really sink into that, it's terrifying. It's terrifying to think that I could give up my self interest because it's, it's uh, so dear to me. But, uh, to, it seems like when I read the way that humans are maslow's hierarchy take whatever framework it's like this is what happens as you enter some phase of life is it becomes less about you your whims your freedom what makes you happy and more about other stuff i will say i'm in the first second of the first quarter so i'm not there at all i don't like if you come hang out with me that's not who i am but i sense that that is what lies in front of me so who are you right now oh man i'm i'm i just uh long story short um I've been doing psychedelics for a long time and that's what started this Eastern journey and I yeah. just had a, an experience with my mom, my dad, my brother, and my sister. All five of us did MDMA together and Real really wild, yeah, <laughs> yeah, wild, wild people. Wild yeah. <laughs> we, you got your mama and daddy in that thing, bro. You got
1: some wild people. Crazy. Man.
0: It was, uh, we'd, we'd all done it independently with the therapist and we did yeah. this hall with the therapist guided and uh, I think worked out and brought to the surface like deep family stuff that yeah. needed to be addressed And for me, very, very, very solidly, I was like, holy shit, one life purpose is done. And I've never felt that in my life. I was like, what I've been here for 33 and a half years is done. And so I feel like the guy who just completed a huge, huge leg of his journey. And I'm kind of in between on vacation for whatever. What was that purpose? Was it the purpose of success? No, it was to bring my family together. Okay. That's what I was, was, I was terrifying. I feel that was, that was the case. Yeah. 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 No, it was to, um, that was it. It was to bring my family together in a, in a deep, in a deep and meaningful way that I now feel we were always friendly and close and I talked to everybody, but it was, it was substantially more. And I also have the sense that it will, uh, before I felt like it was my job, I was, you know, without getting too deep, I was the first child. I had to referee between my parents when they argued. I was, I was the oldest and, you know, uh, beating up on and taking care of the younger ones in yeah. some way yeah. and i now feel I was like oh i i no longer have to hold this together like this family has got it they can they can do this they're all driven they're all motivated they all want the same thing um That's so awesome. i can i can step back which is spiritually relieving it's yeah. it's like uh, I, I cried like a baby i was like oh my god i fucking did it <laughs> uh, so it felt it felt truly like a life purpose uh, achieved now, that's awesome
1: I I tell people all the time man it's interesting when people use the word about purpose because I I did a poll the other day and I asked you I said what what is the biggest issue that young men deal with today and everybody majority of people said was not having a purpose and a lot of times people view purpose like a destination right mm-hmm. so like my purpose is to get to LA my purpose is to get to New York Miami whatever it is but but they don't realize that your purpose is might appear as a destination, but it's actually a stop, right? So, for example, like when I was a kid, I thought my purpose was to be an NFL player. So I pursued sports and football all the way up until when I was playing Division One football. But I didn't realize that my destination wasn't being a football player. It was a stop. And by becoming a football player, I was able to meet my mentor who was able to, you know, teach me about Christianity, which then took my life on a whole different destination. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I truly believe that, you know, going back to the mountain metaphor, cause I love talking about the mountain, <laughs> the mountain, the, the go, like the mountain of success is never the destination to stop. Mm-hmm. And what the, and what happens is for those select few who are able to get to the top of the mountain of the success, those are the people similar to what Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey described. Realize this is not happiness, which then leads you to the next stop on your journey. Too many young adults and you, you, and what breaks my heart, like, is that you'll never know it. You'll never know that the girl that you want will make you happy. You'll never know that money <laughs> will fully satisfy. You'll never know that that career. You'll never know because most people won't get there. Yep. But whatever that mountain of success is, it is simply a stop on the destination to who you're truly called to be in the life you're truly called to live. And when people are able to realize and not chase While still pursuing your dreams, I'm not anti-pursuing dreams, but when people are able to realize that I truly believe that's when they really start living. And that's kind of where you're at. You're at that place of rebirth, you know, where it's like, oh, this is this that I thought was it. It's done. And now, who am I? What is this next place of the journey? And sometimes the next place is just, like
0: I said, in a plane, resting, enjoying (laughs) the clouds. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I. I very. I I agree. Hard. (laughs) I agree. Hard. Um. I have. And one of the things that having this, I've mentioned this before, but is is looking back and having appreciation in my own life for all of the helpful, false mindsets I held. Like it was so helpful for me to believe that that girl was going to make my life better. It didn't. But it was wow. It like that moved me to the next leg. And so when (laughs) I see people that I think are in their phase and. Uh, wrong about the ultimate meaning of life. I try to hold that in mind to be like, this is what they this is the motivation or the or the trap that they need to get them to where to the next step. Yeah, of um, course. And of course. and so, you know, not everybody's supposed to be at the top of the mountain or in the plane. Like they're supposed to be walking up that mountain believing that at the top of that mountain is heaven. <laughs> and yeah. that's where that's that's what they need to believe right now in order to, to proceed. And so I've I've tried to it really does it changes your relationship to your mistakes and your past. Yeah, when that realization dawns on you because like oh man all those screw-ups all those dumb things that i did were like so helpful (laughs) to to helping me wind up here which is uh, a spot that i'm happy to be
1: that's awesome so what what in in closing man i want to be respectful of your time what would be um, a piece of advice that you will give to you know, anybody listening, any young adult or any individual listening who's who's lost, who's confused, who's who's trying to figure themselves out. What would be a, a great piece of advice that you feel like has helped you out throughout the years?
0: Yeah. So I mean, understanding, again, we mentioned this, that there's probably a younger person that is going through this, that that is watching this, that maybe is still somewhere on that first mountain. It's stick to your mountain, man. That's an amazing place to be. And the book that I've mentioned that I think is is best for a lot of what we talked about and has value long beyond is six pillars of self-esteem uh it talks about living in integrity with your word it talks about it, it's got six pillars that uh really spoke to me the first couple chapters can be slow but it's it's got concrete concrete advice and uh far better than i can give you in the next 30 seconds so if you're a reader or a listener on audible that's that's what i would recommend
1: that's awesome man charlie really appreciate you having been on the show man where can they find you at
0: yeah, I'm here on YouTube. If you want to check out Charisma on Command, uh, we've got a bunch of videos. If you want the course, there's links in all of the video descriptions. Uh, So hope that hope that people who enjoy this can check it out. It's got a very different tenor. We got to go a little bit deeper here, which is always enjoyable, but that's uh hopefully more fun, entertaining, quick <laughs> advice to
1: improve your life. Awesome, awesome. Well, guys, be sure, you know how we get down with the roommates. Be sure to reach out to Charlie, you know, send him a message, let him know what about the podcast has stood up for you. And, and like I said, guys, man, you know, I'm just a man who likes to read books and share my opinions, but there's other men out there like Charlie who are doing great work. So please, guys, make sure you're, you're being a you know, well-rounded individual, consuming a lot of great positive people, not just simply viewing one way as the only way, because there's many paths, you know, to be able to get to where you want to get to in life. I'm just simply sharing you what God has shown me. So, Charlie, I appreciate it. My name is Hafiz, and I'm joined by... Charlie Hooper, Charisma on command. Great talking to you, Hafiz. we had a roommates and have a great day.